Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Amen. Now, uh, back when I was in high school, I was asked to play um, bass guitar. And my friend, he was starting this band, and he wanted me to join. And, uh, you know, he just thought I would make a good bass player. I, I've never played bass before. But uh, we hopped onto a bus. Uh, we lived out in Eagle River. And so we hit the pawn shops on Muldoon, right? And we, we were looking for a bass guitar. And I found, I found one. It was a super, super, super heavy, like, solid wood PV bass. And it was, it was so heavy, I would, like, hunch over. And I'd never played any musical instruments or done, did choir or anything. So I knew nothing about music. Um, but I got a book to teach me to play. And I, I'd never really hung around musicians. So I didn't know anything about, you know, playing. And uh, everything was new and unfamiliar. But I had a book. And I had this old amp that I was also able to find. But I didn't know how to adjust the EQ. And it always sounded funny. Right? Like every time I was trying to play, it always sounded funny. Even now, I still can't really, I'm, I'm really bad at adjusting the EQ on stereos and stuff like that. I'm like, it doesn't sound right, but I don't know how to make it sound good. And uh, needless to say, I was discouraged. But, you know, my buddy, he, you know, he, he got us all together. You know, he played guitar, and we had this uh, girl on, uh, on keyboards, and um, this other guy, he was on lead vocals. And the church let us use their drum machine, they had a drum machine. Um, the program in beats and we practiced once or twice and we were so so bad so so bad um and the, the the lead vocalist he teased me because you know well because i didn't know what i was doing and uh my gear was old and trashed i didn't know how, i was the only one who didn't know how to play the instrument everybody else could actually play um not together but they could all play individually and um but i didn't know anything and after a couple of practice sessions, we just started posing with our instruments, you know, um, for pictures, and um, just so we'd look cool, and um, we never played again. That was my, uh, that was my rock star phase in high school. But I still kind of worked on the bass for the next year or so, um, and I just became convinced that the reason why I was so bad because was, was because my, my gear was so trashed. Um, so I really rarely practiced, and I never got any better. But somebody knew I played bass, and uh, there was this music clinic for bassists. Um, and there was this band in town, and they were going to put it on. And um, so I went, uh, mostly just to kind of hang out. But I was, I was surprised when the instructor asked if he could try my bass. And he played it, and it sounded awesome. It sounded so good. <laughs> um, and then he fiddled with my amp. And I'm like, it sounded great. He could actually play. And like, he sounded like he was in a real band and could do real things. And he told me, you have everything you need to play. You just got to do it. And is that something we need to hear often, right? You have all you need. You have enough. Just do it. Just live into it. But too often, we think about needing more or needing something a little bit better. Um, if only I had a better car. Right? If only I had a better job, if only I had better clothes, if only I had a better phone, if only I had a better house or a better TV or a better spouse, whatever. And 
Now, for the most part, except for the spouse, there's nothing wrong with necessarily wanting something uh, new or different. But instead of just saying, you know, actually admitting, well, we just want something new or different, we make up reasons to be dissatisfied with what we have. To justify, like, our unhappiness, right? And so we start making up reasons why we are, we're unsatisfied. Now, it's bad enough to do that with stuff, with things, but we also do it with ourselves, right? If only I had more of this or more of that, right? If only I was better at this or that. If only I was younger. If only I was older. If only I was thinner. If only I was, I was smarter. And there's always people that are willing to prey upon our insecurities, there's always willing people that are willing to prey on their insecurities. They say, if you buy this membership or join this club or this book or subscribe to this program, you'll be better, happier, sexier, whatever. You just have to do this thing. You just have to follow this program or this person. And this isn't anything new. In the ancient world, they felt the same pressures. They worried about their security, their livelihood, their spiritual health, their physical health. And just like now, there are people that would feed those fears. They would say, yeah, you don't have enough. You, are, you don't have enough. You're not good enough. You are spiritually vulnerable, but you know, for $9.99 a month, you could have the best life coach available, right? And we'll whip you right into spiritual shape. Over the next few months, we're gonna be looking um, over the book of Colossians. And it's a short book, only, only four chapters. But it's a powerful message that you have enough, that Jesus is enough. Jesus has given us enough for every vulnerability, for every insecurity, for every spiritual thing. Jesus is more than enough for all. And so we're going to start now by reading the, uh, the first half of the first chapter of Colossians. Um, and this is uh, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. We, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all of God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it, has, as it has been doing since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Since you learned it from Epirus, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom 
of the Son he loves, and in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, right from the start, Paul is making several points. And I just want to kind of uh, walk you through them. Uh, So first of all, the same God at work in the world is at work in you. All right, that's right there, and that's verses 5 and 6. The faith and love that spring up from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about what you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Now, Paul is writing to the teachers because they're, um, or to the church, because there's some teachers that have sprung up. And um, they've been disparaging the faith of the Colossians. You know, they'd be, you know they were saying things like, well you, well, you got most of this right. You got most of this right. But you don't have the whole truth. Um, there, there, there are some bits lacking in your faith and understanding. And here Paul is saying, you have the gospel. You have Jesus. That's enough. The gospel is at work in this world, redeeming it and saving it. And that same gospel that's at work in the world is at work in you. Right? If you accept the gospel, if you hold on to the grace of God freely offered through his son's sacrifice of love on the cross, breaking the power of sin and death, the power of God is at work in you. The faith and love of heaven is poured out into your life. Right? That's the power of God at work in, in this world and in you. And this is Paul echoing uh, Jesus' words in Matthew uh, thirteen twenty three. Right? The seeds falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. The one who produces a crop, crop yielding 100, 60, or 30 times what is sown. The people of Colossae are the result of good seed being spread into good soil. They don't have to worry about being enough. All right? That's good stuff being thrown there. Okay? You're, you're good enough. It's going to grow. They don't need to, to do anything else. Just growing, just growing is proof that God's at work. They just have to keep it up. They just got to keep growing. There's nothing else you got to do. All right. So that's the first thing I want you to notice. And the second thing to notice is that knowledge, wisdom, power, it's all given by the Spirit. It's all given by the Spirit. Paul prays to God that they be filled up with the knowledge of his will through the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that they may lead a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Notice, Paul isn't telling the Colossians to do something to, um, to get this wisdom or knowledge. He's not giving them an exercise program. Right? He's not giving them any special words or special prayers. He isn't prescribing a fasting regimen. He isn't giving them a reading plan. He's praying for them. He's praying for them. He's begging God that the Spirit move and give knowledge and wisdom to them. Now, he, he isn't saying that the Colossians' faith um, doesn't require things of them. He isn't saying that they, they should not leave the holy lives. And he's not saying that they, um, they shouldn't engage in spiritual practices. He's not saying, oh, don't read your Bible, you know. But all those things are outcomes. They're the overflow of the Spirit's work in their lives. And that's something we get wrong all the time. Honestly, I, I get this wrong too. Um, I get it mixed up. Spiritual practices aren't to get closer to God or to get more spiritual power and authority. All right? They're the overflow of the Spirit moving within us. They're not the cause. They're the effect. 
And sometimes we get it mixed up. But they're the effect of the Spirit moving. I believe in fasting. I believe in studying the Bible. I believe in utilizing all sorts of spiritual practice, Lectio Divina, imaginative prayer, healing prayer, confession. And I even believe in like some of the ones that make us feel uncomfortable sometimes, like, uh, like speaking in tongues and healing and prophecy and, and, and casting out demons and unclean spirits and all, all of that stuff. But none of that amounts to a hill of beans without the power of the Spirit first. Right? It's the power of the Spirit first. Uh, Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Right? Our spiritual life begins with the Spirit of God being poured out onto us. And we can't work our way to the power of God. Right? We don't work our way to the power of God. We can't earn it. We can only receive it. And that's how we grow. And so we turn continually turn our eyes to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Right? We continually look to Jesus. Right? We, we learn from Jesus. We learn about Jesus, how we're supposed to live. Um, Eugene put, Peterson puts this um, in his message translation. This kind of, you know, the verses kind of don't quite line up. So this is like verse 9, 10, part of it. Um, as you learn more and how, as you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We focus on Jesus, and then we learn how to do the work, right? By, by following him, by having his spirit poured out on us. And the last point, Jesus is enough. I say this a lot in church. Jesus is enough. Uh, verses 12 through 14. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. We have been rescued. We have been brought into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is enough to qualify us. He is, enough. He is our righteousness. He's what makes us approved. Um, Paul's uh, fellow prisoner, Ephorus, uh, he's the one who shared the gospel of Jesus with the Colossians. But for some reason, the Colossians, they just didn't feel like the gospel was complete. Um, and other teachers were teaching that their faith wasn't enough. Right? They weren't doing enough. They weren't believing enough. They weren't working hard enough for their salvation. And they fed those uh, Colossians insecurities. Um, I remember when I first became a Christian, one of the youth workers at my uh, church, he moved in a few blocks away, away from the apartment that I lived in. Uh, now, uh, my friend that first brought me to church, he was being mentored by a youth worker, but it wasn't the youth worker that moved into me. It was another youth worker. And uh, this youth worker, this volunteer, he was so cool. He was so cool. Um, and uh, he was a skater. He wore, like, prescription Oakley glasses. Um, so, yeah, you, you know who he is, Matt. And, uh, like, he had long hair. He's, he was a computer hacker. And... Um, he was so cool, and he's still cool, honestly. He is still cool. He's like a famous computer guy and a futurist, and he travels the world and gives TED Talks and interviews about technology. He's a really cool guy. He's awesome. But the guy that lived close to me, the youth worker that lived close to me, uh, he, was the, he was the other youth worker. And, he, and, and you know, he was chubby. And uh, he, was, he, he laughed um, loudly and awkwardly at his own jokes all the time. 
and uh, he tended to stutter when he was talking. And, and he worked at uh, Anchorage House of Hobbies, um, selling model rockets and cars and trains. He was not cool. <laughs> not cool at all. And when he tried to be cool, he was even worse. He was even worse. Um, but he met me week after week. He memorized scripture with me. He took me with him to fly kites. He was really into like flying sun kites um, after youth group. And he'd ask me questions about uh, life and faith. Um, he would encourage me. That guy changed my life. Um, the other youth worker is cool. And he, and he still is. And I, I still you know, get to see him every once in a great while. Um, but the neighbor, the dorky youth worker, that's the guy that changed my life. Church, at first I was probably like the Colossians. They looked down at Ephesus. And they looked at these other teachers that were so cool, so much cooler. Their faith was cooler. They were doing cool stuff. They seemed more put together. But Paul had to remind them that the gospel that Ephesus shared is what changed their life. That gospel was enough. Jesus was enough. And that's something we need to remember. Right? Brothers and sisters, you've been given enough. Jesus is enough for every need to fulfill every broken part of our lives. Jesus is enough to counter every attack of darkness, right? Jesus is enough to answer every accusation of Satan. Jesus is enough to turn your life around. Jesus is enough to heal your relationships. Jesus is enough to secure your future. Jesus is enough for you. You don't need anything else. And that's why we're focused so on love this year, right? Uh, we're, we're focused on love this year, right? We, we spent... Uh, we the first part of the year, just looking at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Because there are so many good things to do. And there are good things to do. And there's so many good causes to support. And there are good causes to support. And there's so many good teachers to learn from. All right, there are good teachers to learn from. But without love, it's all worthless. Who cares if you're right if you're a jerk? Right? Nobody cares if you're right if you're a jerk. Who cares how well you can help people if you make them feel like trash while you're doing it? And we have to start with love. Right? That's what God started with. For this is love. Right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For he did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is enough. That is enough for all of us. Jesus is, is more than we can ask for. Okay? And this isn't to put down, like I said, other things that we do, other spiritual practices. But those are just an outflow. Those are just a byproduct. Those are, those are things that, that grow in the soil of love. Right? That's where we put our work is learning how to cultivate love. Because that's enough for you, and that's enough for me. It's enough for this world. For God did not send his world, son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through him. Right? That's love. Amen? Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we thank you for giving us enough. 
for giving us your son, Lord. Lord, we thank you for loving us, for always loving us, for redeeming us. And Lord, teach us to find our contentment in you. Teach us to find our joy in you. No matter our circumstance, uh, no matter um, the other things that are going around, Lord, teach us to define ourselves in who you are and in your grace. Teach us how to love you, trusting that um, when we put the first things first, everything else will fall into place. In Christ's name, amen.